Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad.
<laughs> Sometimes that there is an open mic. Yeah. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and I was just mentioning there's sometimes an open mic. I mean, you know, if you, you've known how many politicians have gotten caught with an open mic. They, they thought they were off the microphone, but the, they cut it, cut it off or something, and they found out later that it was on, and it catches them, you know, being who they are. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show uh, on Block Talk Radio, broadcasting straight up out of Chicago. It is raining like cats and dogs, folks, as I here in my studio in my man cave and uh it is raining uh big time and that was the reason for the cancellation of the uh cubs playoff game uh, game a lot of fans are disappointed because of the rain because they felt that the cubs myself included felt that the cubs were uh, going to clinch this thing tonight you know i mean <laughs> they're up um what, two, three games to one, and we felt that they were going to clinch this. I, I believe it's best of uh, best of five, I think, and they're up uh, two games to one now. They just got to win one more game, and they'll clinch this uh, first half of the playoffs en route to the World Series. So a lot of fans are uh, 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 disappointed, but this was this call came down from Major League major league baseball they propose they uh propose uh postpone the game if i can say postpone mouth is twisted anyway uh the cubs will not play tonight and that's a disappointment to a lot of us thousands and thousands of fans but they will play tomorrow i mean it's the game's on tomorrow uh like i was saying yesterday on this show i mean these cubs i mean these young guys these young men they are driven and I do think they are going to go back to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, sorry, the World Series. I'm thinking about the Bears for some instance, and I don't know why I'm thinking about the Bears because they, because they lost Monday night, you know, so. Uh, but um, uh, there is more to Chicago than uh, crime statistics that they want to throw out there. We have some great, great sports teams, and I just love watching these young men just grow and play and be the best that they can be with the talent that they have. It's 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 overwhelming. It's just a great thing to see, a great thing to be a part of. And you've list, you are now listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. And as I just got through mentioning, it is raining like cats and dogs. I mean, this is why a lot of fans are disappointed, but you can't, you can't argue with Mother Nature. You can't argue with nature itself. You know, it, it's going to do its thing, you know. So uh, we, always, we always have tomorrow, you know. So the Cubs will uh, <laughs> be playing tomorrow, and they are going to win. If you're in Chicago, you'll love that, okay? If you're living in Chicago and you're a Cubs fan, um, that should be, that's going to be awesome. All right. Once again, follow me on Facebook. Follow me, uh, Google, uh, LinkedIn. I'm all over the place. And uh, this is the George Wilder Jr. Show. And we are happy to be here. We are happy to be here. It is just phenomenal. And I would be not remiss or behest if I didn't talk about the wildfires say something about the wildfires, the crazy, deadly wildfires in the state of California. 
it's just awesome. And if you're following it, you know it's all over everywhere. They're reporting about it all over everywhere. California wildfires, it's just, and there's snow in Denver, Colorado, okay? Uh, this has been some freaky stuff that's been happening in America. I mean, you have the tornadoes, you have the earthquakes, uh, you have the California wildfires, and folks from from watching television and watching the clips and the videos of this madness in California, I mean, this is some serious stuff. Folks, once again, have lost their homes. I mean, the people have lost homes in Texas when we had Harvey. They've lost, I mean, don't even speak about the Virgin Islands and Texas and the Keys, Florida Keys, and and with Irma. Uh, now I'm hearing there's some t- tornado coming up, coming up along the Gulf, and this person's name or this tornado or hurricane's name is Nate. Wow. And now we got this devastating wildfire, you know in California. And I'm hearing that it's only 25% uh, contained. So it is still a vicious fire. You know? So it, so we can only pray and, and give those people uh, our prayers. I know a lot of people who are saying that this is devastating. This makes them feel awful. But as I've said on many occasions, with all the, these disasters and people losing uh, everything that they've worked for, everything that they've sweated, uh, blood, uh, blood, sweat, and tears for. I mean, it, it, it's awesome. It, it's just terrible. I mean, it's not awesome. It's just terrible. Awesomely terrible. Uh, and this could happen to anybody. It could be you, me, or anybody. That's why they need our help, and we're going to help. We're going to, I mean, we're going to help out Americans because that's what Americans do. We lend a hand to those who are in need. You know, we don't depend on the government because we have Trump. So you can forget about that. Uh, He said some pretty good, nice things. He said the things he should say because if he doesn't, he's going to be criticized for it. So he knows that. So he said a few nice things, but uh, nice saying nice stuff and being, you know, uh, understanding is not going to rebuild these folks' lives who have lost all their possessions, their homes. I mean, I've seen videos of people uh, uh, who had their homes burned to the ground standing in the middle of the ash, you know, standing in standing where their home was once standing. That's That's got to be, that's heartbreaking. And they're talking to the reporter and, you know, and they're saying that they've lost everything and this is their home that they're standing <laughs> on that's been devastated by the fire. Uh, it's something when people lose their homes uh, and become suddenly homeless. You know, they've had it. Anybody, anybody who's anybody at a certain point in time can lose their home. You'll be out there homeless. So uh, it, it's not fun to make fun of those who are poor, who are in shelters, because it doesn't matter what your income is. It doesn't matter what your color, your nationality, where you came from. You know, if you're a poor, if you're poor or you're rich, nature can come along and make you homeless. Take everything that you've got. And I've said this a lot, uh, 
on the show uh, because a lot of people um uh it's okay to shed tears or cry or or feel remorse uh at losing something uh your home it's okay to feel that way towards people that you know uh have lost their homes but you know i've said this a thousand times also uh we cannot stay down. We cannot let uh, these disasters keep us down. We cannot let what they're doing in Washington keep us down. A lot of these people are young. They're bright. They're intelligent. They're strong. They will have no problem rebuilding and starting their lives over again. If they want to start their lives over again in a fire zone, I mean, that's up to them, you know, but I would probably suggest move away from there uh, so that, uh, you know, you you don't have to worry about wildfires the next time. I'm pretty sure uh, this is not the first time or nor it will be the last time when we will hear about California burning. And it doesn't matter what, which part of North uh, of California, excuse me, doesn't matter which part of California is burning the worst. The whole state takes the brunt of, of this because you can smell smoke and see smoke. Uh, if you're in California from all, from everywhere, even some of those, even some of those adjacent states, you know, like Arizona, Seattle, they can also, uh, Nevada, they can also see uh, uh, the dark orange smoky skies over California because they're right next to California in a way. So we have to send those people our prayers and send them our best and, and do our utmost to try to keep these folks um try to keep them to thinking positive i know that's rough and tough but i mean you have no other choice but to rebuild you have no other choice i mean everything you've gotten is gone everything you've i mean you know a lot of people they don't have fire insurance so then there's folks who don't have flood insurance and there's folks who do, who do not even have home insurance or condo insurance or or some folks who live in apartments, they don't even have apartment insurance. So anything that can happen, a fire or something, you, you've lost everything. There's nowhere you can go to try to recoup your losses because, you know, you didn't have insurance. You know, even even if you do have insurance, sometimes insurance companies, they don't want to pay the claim. And if they do pay the claim, they drop you. <laughs> they drop you, you know, just because you needed help and you asked them and you and they have uh, they have no. Uh, 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 they have to pay. Put it that way. The check will be in the mail. They have to pay. And then after they pay, they're pissed off because they have to pay, but um, it's what they're there for. It's what they're about. Then they are drop you. That's a damn shame. Uh, but still and all, a lot of people don't have insurance of any kind, and they just, everything is just gone. And insurance or not, you're still going to have to, if you lose your home, you're still going to have to rebuild. I mean, you're going to have to rebuild your life. You got, you got your family. You got your friends. You got a few bucks in the bank. Hey, wow. You still got your job. You can uh, rebuild. So there is no time to to sit around moaning and groaning, groaning and moaning. It's okay for a little while 
but you got to stop the moaning and groaning, get up off your feet, get up off your butt, and start rebuilding. And you, <laughs> it's tough. It's going to take money. It's going to take a lot of help, but, uh, you know, it's right. It, we're right here for you, you know. Uh, you need any kind of help? I mean, there's the phone. There's the Internet. <laughs> and uh, start a GoFundMe page or whatever you want to do. Uh, borrow money from the bank or whatever. Get started on rebuilding your life. Don't sit and waddle in the muck because if you do if you do that, nothing is going to come. Everything is going to go downhill. You got to put a smile on your face and say, hey, wow, well, we're going to rebuild. We lost our house. We lost everything. Uh, we got our senses. We're intelligent. We're smart. You know, uh, let's get started in rebuilding. And there are so many people out there that's going to help you because they know of your cause. So uh, my friends out there in California and in and, and, uh, Texas, uh, uh, Florida, the Florida Keys, the uh, Bahamas, the, the Caribbean, uh, Florida, um, yeah, Florida Keys, the Virgin Islands, all of these people, all of these places that have been devastated by nature. Hey, we're with you. We're with you. But hey, wow, you know. Keep your senses about yourself and just start rebuilding. Make it a task. Make it fun. You know, make it fun. Make it something, become driven and just, you know, start bettering your life. That's all you can do. What else? What are you going to do? You lost everything. What are you going to do? Sit around and feel sad and cry all day long? That's not going to get you anywhere. I understand the emotion, but it's not going to um, get you anywhere. Everybody is devastated by this. I mean, when something happens in America, no matter where it is, if it's in America, we all pay the price for it. You know, I mean, you lost your home. We've lost a friend who lost their homes. We lost, we've lost family uh, who are, are homeless now because of the wildfire, the tornadoes and the flooding, which, is <laughs> which seems like it's never going to go away. I mean, tornadoes are just, I don't know. I, as I've just got through stating, I'm hearing about some tornado called Nate uh, that's coming up in the Gulf. This was, was this was a few days ago, so Nate may have just fizzled out. Let's hope so, <laughs> because I mean, we're talking we, when we're talking about the Gulf, we're talking about Louisiana, we're talking about Mississippi, we're talking about uh, you know Arkansas and some of the surrounding areas there, and. Um, we just have to keep our senses about ourselves and try to figure out what the hell is going on. And you, you've got those folks out there that are constantly saying this is probably global warming, climate change, whatever the hell it is. Uh, I only think that we, uh, we're going to have to deal with it, period. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show on Blog Talk Radio and it is still raining in the city of Chicago. The Cubs game pro uh, postponed, if I can say postponed. I'm having a hard time with my mouth again. All right, be nice to young, be nice to one another. It's it is easy. It is so easy. If you're able to talk about what you did yesterday, then you haven't done anything much today. All righty. Uh, <laughs> the Bears lost. They were on Monday Night Football, and they just 
I mean, they came close, but close will not get it. It will not get you an enchilada. Winning, winning is um, what it is all about. I mean, you can play a, a, a sports game and you can uh, play your ass off, but and and everybody was saying, "Hey, wow, you're great, you're great." But at the end of the game, the other team loses. Uh, that's uh, what 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 counts. Uh, and uh, so the Bears they have a short week, so they'll be back at it on Sunday. Sunday. Once again, I, I I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna try to get as much help as I can out there to the folks in California, because I do have some friends, Facebook friends, uh, internet friends that that are out there, California, who listen to the show. And uh, we're going to try and encourage people who have lost everything or are, we're going to try to encourage, um, what what are we trying to say? Uh, We're going to try to encourage people who have lost everything. And we're going to try to get people to help people to get back on their feet by giving them the motivational tools that they need in order to do this. Because I understand that when you lose a home and you wind up homeless, it's a devastating feeling. I've been there. So it's devastating, but it will take plenty, plenty of strength on your part to um, push the negativity aside and start rebuilding again. And there's plenty, plenty of people out there who's going to help. They're going to help because that's what they do. That's what Americans do. That's what we do. We help each other, each other out when we're in trouble. That's what it's all about. It's not about government because <laughs> these clowns uh, are something else. But uh, we're having all of these, all of these, all of these uh, tornadoes, twisters, hurricanes, and they're devastating and loot people losing their homes, losing their lives. Yeah, this was a deadly, or is, this is a deadly California fire. I'm thinking there's less than 20 people who probably have perished in this fire. I mean, I saw the videos on television and it was devastating. I mean, fire was burning for miles and miles and miles. I mean, shooting straight up to the heavens, straight up to the sky, darkening the sky, turning it orange, it was awesome, and I'm hearing that there there is a fire near Los Angeles, and the fire, the biggest fire, I think, is um, the biggest fire is at north Northern California. So um, I'm going to um, um, try to motivate as many people as I can to. Uh, if you lost anything, if you lost anything, if you lost your home, you lost everything that you've had in your home and it's crumbled to the ground. Uh, it's okay to be a little bit emotional, but don't be too emotional because you're going to have, you're going to need your strength to start over again. You're going to need your strength to build again. Um, so the fires are still going on. There's fires all over the places. And if the police or the authorities, in your neck of the woods, say, evacuate, get the hell out of there. You don't want to burn down with your house. And you got some people that, you got some people that are headstrong. They will stay there and weather the storm. I mean, they will stay there. I mean, it's their house. You know, they don't want to be homeless and they have their reasons for going down in the flames with their house. So, you know, but everybody will say, hey, well, if you decide to stay uh, in a dangerous situation, then that's you. 
Uh, make sure you sign this paper to say that we came by to try to get you to evacuate, you know, because it's really up to you if you want to leave. But I understand some people not wanting to leave. But, you know, if you if you value life, if you value your life, you'll get out of there. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I'm looking on the marquee here and it says former NFL player Ben Troop will be on the show today. Okay, so uh, that's something to look forward to. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. I think we have Anna Navarro somewhere. If <laughs> I think we have Anna Navarro somewhere. Let's see if we can find her. Does she call? You know, so, okay, we're going to do this, and then we, we're going to try. We're going to do this. And then we're going to come back and see if we can find it. President attacking top Republican Bob Corker, who the president will need in order to push his agenda through Congress. So what's the strategy here? Let's bring in CNN political commentator Anna Navarro and CNN political commentator Ben Ferguson. Great to see both of you, Ben. Morning. What's the strategy of going to war, a public war with Bob Corker? Well, I I don't, I mean, I think the president's pretty clear about this. And this is when he went after, without using his name, Colin Kaepernick. Take a look. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fine. You know, you just, you look at him um, kind of asking, you know, the NFL owners to, to get rid of players off the field because uh, they're, you know, exercising their rights, and, and that's not right. And then, you know, when I wake up, I see that, you know, a colleague of mine has been uninvited of something that he said he didn't even want to go to in the first place, um, you know, to the White House. Um, you know, that's just something I can't stand for, man. And we got, you know, 
you know, Jamil Hill and Colin Kaepernick and, you know, all these people are speaking up and, you know, it's for the great of cause. It's for, it's for us to all come together. It's not about a division. It's not about dividing. We, as American people, need to actually just come together even more stronger, man, because this is a very critical time and me being a, in the position I am, I had to voice this to y'all. So, uh, love y'all, man. Trump, you dumb motherfucker. You're talking shit about the Currys. Everybody loves the Currys. Aisha Curry, Riley Curry, Seth Curry, Del Curry, even the pretty-ass moms. You dumb motherfucker. Don't you even know who the Currys are? That's like talking shit about Mickey Mouse. You took away his invitation to the White House to come meet you? Motherfucker, no one from the NBA is fucking with you. KD, LeBron, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, Yao Ming. Larry Bird, nobody is coming to fuck with you, man. No one wants to meet your ass. And then you was talking shit about Kaepernick, saying, get that son of a bitch off the field. No, you fat motherfucker. Get that son of a bitch out of the motherfucking White House. Get him the fuck out. So now what's going to happen is we're going to take a knee to you. You bloated motherfucker, you. You have any idea how uncomfortable this is for a 47-year-old Jewish man with a bad back and shin splints? We taking a knee to you, motherfucker. I just want to um, send some blessings and also, you know, some support to the, all the players in the NFL. Um, you know, my message to y'all, even though you ain't asking, so please receive it because I rarely give them. In this way, um, y'all got a chance to do something really, 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 really great tomorrow. If y'all do whatever you. All right, that's an old clip. Um, it's probably a little low, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it's it's people being it's famous people actually uh, pissed off at Donald Trump and they're letting their uh, emotion show. And um, I wanted to say something here again. A lot of people are, you know, I, I, I get a lot of people saying that they're hurting, they're old, they're elderly, they're old, they're seniors, and a lot of young people too. I mean, you know, so I wanted to say this. This should motivate a lot of people out there who think that age is holding them back. They think that age is uh, uh, causing their knees to ache or their backs to ache or uh, just aching all over. People say they hurt all over. Oh, my knees. Oh, my back. Oh, my shoulder. They're just hurting. Pain is everywhere. It could be because of their, uh, it could be aging. It could be, you know, what you've done in your youth because because a lot of times the things that you do when you're young will come back. The things that you do when you're young to your body will come back and haunt you as you get older. That's, that's a real deal. That's, that's true. But there's so many people out here who, you know, who want to, who fake pain. You know, I mean, if you want to hurt, then you're going to hurt. If you don't want to hurt, you're not going to hurt. But I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out here. We don't want pain. We don't want to hurt. We don't want to do anything. Um, I mean, you got people in their in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, who um, complain of pain. They're hurting all over the place. Oh, I got a pain in my leg. Oh, I got a cramp here. I got oh, 
<laughs> I, I hear it sometimes, and so I, I'm going to admit, I, I'm not young either, uh, like I used to be, and sometimes I even ache. And, and uh, pain is prevalent among a lot of people. That's why, you know, you have all these pain pills, pills and people are dropping all these pain pills. Pain pills aren't doing anything. <laughs> the only people that are making money off your pain pills are the uh, uh, medical industry. But this is what I want to say, okay? An 81-year-old man finished his first marathon. And a few months ago, I was talking about an 81-year-old woman in uh, finishing the marathon. These people, they may have not won the marathon, but they made it all the way through to the finish line at the at in their 80s. I mean, these people are these 80-year-old people are. role models to the rest of us letting us know that you know old is not that bad you you don't have to ache you don't have to hurt obviously it's something you're doing or not doing that is causing this as i was saying before those over the counter pain pills a lot of times they will not do anything for your pain. But when you have people in their 80s, over 80, winning and running marathons, and once they get done running a marathon, they are feeling more great than ever. Their bodies are feeling greater than ever. And here you are, 45 years old, and you're complaining about pain. You're 35 years old, and you're complaining about pain. You're 65 years old, you're complaining about pain. You're 75, and you're complaining about pain. These people are over 80, and they're not complaining about pain at all. And I've said this before. One of the greatest things that... Um, is a cure for pain nothing medical it's the way it's your thinking and it's exercise totally you want to get rid of pain there are certain pains you can get rid of with exercise and when i talk exercise i'm not talking about joining a gym joining ballets or la fitness or anything like that simple easy exercising, you know, uh, will do the trick. A walk, a 30-minute walk around your neighborhood will do the trick. Every, um, every day, a 30-minute walk around your neighborhood, even if you have to walk through pain, do it. Do it. Because, and do it every day. Do it all the time. And you will be amazed at the pain disappearing, it goes away. You cannot lay up on the couch and your feet up watching TV every day, chugging down Whoppers and Big Macs. It ain't going to work. You're going to have pain everywhere. You cannot sit down 
for eight hours a day and doing nothing, you're going to have pain. Because I think sitting for too long can put stress on your back, on your joints. This is why a lot of companies, uh, people who who are in uh, in these offices and they sitting at cubicles, a lot of them <laughs> have to stand up when they work because they know the ramifications of sitting too long. You will you will hurt. You will hurt. But, you know, I, I guess there's some people out there, well, George, you're crazy. I, I can't walk. I can't. Of course you can. I'm not talking about people who are disabled in wheelchairs or people who can't walk or, or people who have chronic pain. I'm just saying if you think that you can do it because everybody can't do it. You know, everybody can't walk for 30 minutes around the corner. It's not going to not going to happen. People are disabled. People may have some sort of a uh disjointment or they're you know oriented in a negative way or something you know a lot of people but those i'm just speaking for those who can if you can get up and walk every day you should do that and for those people who are in a wheelchair you guys gotta you guys and girls you have to exercise too i mean because i mean you I mean, if there's something wrong with your lower extremities, your legs, there's something wrong with your legs, you can't, but you can move your arms. <laughs> you can do a jumping jack from that wheelchair just by using your arms. If your legs don't work, you have to exercise. It, there are so many benefits from exercising. You know, I mean, you'll feel better. You'll look better. You'll be nicer to people. It's true. It's true. You have a different attitude, it, but you have to do it every day in order to feel the positive effects, positive effects from exercising. So uh, it's a great, I, I wouldn't be talking to you about exercising if I didn't do it. I wouldn't tell you anything uh, about anything if I myself um, did not experience it, did not do it. Yeah, I I, I've I've had massive pain all over my body, but I exercise every day, and um, and I don't take pills or anything or or anything like that. I just exercise. Next thing I know, the pain is gone or slowly leaving. You know, I eat the wrong thing. The, <laughs> I eat the wrong thing, and the pain comes back, and I go back out there and I exercise. I have a gym a small gym right here in my studio. And um, I think everybody should have some sort of a, a gym inside their apartment, whether it's your apartment, whether it's your condo, your home, you should have some sort of home gym. Even if you just have one or two pieces of equipment, you know, use it 30 minutes a day. Wow. That will keep the pain away. And if you don't have a, a home gym or, or anything, I mean, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes around the, your neighborhood every single day will do the job because you have to get that blood flowing. If that blood is not flowing, you are in trouble. You have to get that blood flowing. And the older you get, the older you get, the more, 
imperative exercise become. It's more important, uh, uh, more important when you're getting older. You know, I mean, if you're young, you can skip exercise. You know, I mean, you can skip some of it. But as you get older, especially in your 50s and 60s and 70s, you have to um, exercise a lot more than what you did in your youth, if you did it at all in your youth. You know, but um, this 81-year-old guy finished his first marathon, I think, four or five months ago. I was on the radio talking about this 80-year-old 80, 80 uh, woman who finished a marathon. So that should give a lot of us who are not 80 <laughs> yet, or, or, or even if we are 80, 80, 85, 90, um, uh, it should give us all, uh, uh, tell us something, you know, that we can do this. We don't have to live with pain. We don't have to live with pain. We don't have to constantly going to the doctor for this or that until, uh, because those medical bills can be devastating. I mean, you talking about, I was just talking about people losing their houses to, uh, to, uh, uh, fires and hurricanes and natural disasters. How many people have lost their homes because their medical bills piled up, lost their house because of their, uh, medical bills piled up, lost their cars and stuff like that. They, uh, you know, they cannot, or they could not send their kids on to college because of mounting medical bills. I mean, you can become totally ruined trying to pay your medical bills and sometimes even bills in general, you know, so because the medical industry, as I've just got through saying, it's profitable. It's profitable keeping you sick. They don't want you to die. They want you to keep coming into that clinic or that hospital and so they can write you that um, prescription. That prescription is money in their pocket. Even though you may not even need it, it may not work. And a lot of these prescription drugs that some of these doctors write for you, they'll kill you faster <laughs> than the disease will. If you think about all the side effects. So I just wanted to run this past everybody, <laughs> my listeners on the George Wilder Jr. show, 81 year old uh, man this time finished the marathon a few weeks, a few months ago. It was a woman 80 in their 80s. And we are and here we are talking about we're a lot younger than these folks and we're talking about pain. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of people out there are in pain. I see people every day, and I know they're in pain. They, they're they not going to say it, but they, I, I know they're in pain. But they're a lot younger than these folks that that ran the marathon. You know, and a lot of the pain that people are in, they, they're in it every day. Some pain is just chronic. It, it's never going to, um, they're never going to um, be totally, totally healthy because of maybe something they've done or in their life when they were young or something they should have done and they didn't do. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's what I wanted to run across because I try to uh, instill in people that they can be better people within themselves if they take care of themselves. Oh, yeah. And there's no doubt about it. I'm going to say this. Food will kill you. And a lot of us know that. Food will kill you. Uh, 
It sure will. I mean, cookies, cakes, uh, that sounds good. You know, food will kill you. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, nutrition this, nutrition that. The best thing you can do is to avoid certain foods, certain fats, and basically eat what you want to eat. But you have to eat it in portions. A doctor will tell you that. Many doctors say, uh, well, you can eat anything you want. I mean, you got nutritionists over here. Well, you can't eat that. You got to eat this. You got to eat that. No, you, you leave that alone. You got to eat this. But doctors say you can eat anything that you want to eat as long as you eat it in moderation. And I believe that. I believe that you don't have to go out there and eat grass or cabbage or, uh, uh, you know, uh, certain kinds of vegetables. Uh, eat. You can eat a Big Mac as long as you don't eat the whole thing. Eat half of it because that thing is loaded with calories. But I would say skip the Big Macs and the Whoppers <laughs> and the medium or large Coke along with some French fries. Wow, making myself hungry, right? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We <laughs> We've had some fun here, folks. And um, what is this? Mike Ditka. Oh, man. I used to be a fan of Mike Ditka. He was once the coach of the uh, Chicago Bears. Um, he, he, Mike Ditka took the Bears to the Super Bowl in 1985, and they haven't gone since. And this is a quote from Mike Ditka. I'm not a fan of his. There's been any more, okay? There's been no oppression in the last hundred years. He's talking about uh, football players taking a knee to the national anthem. Okay, so he's weighing in on it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I don't uh, I don't listen to stuff like that because, I mean, uh, you know, the Constitution said we have a freedom of speech, okay? Uh, and we can protest. It's if if you know if it needs be but you know a lot of people are coming out because of donald trump obviously mike dickie is a supporter of donald trump and he can have his opinions he can say what he wants to say okay on the same line nfl commissioner roger goodell he's uh they're they're coming up with a new rule uh, for the nfl he wants everyone to stand for the national anthem. This is Roger Goodell. He, the thing here is about he, the thing here is that he's not threatening to fire anybody like Trump wants them to. He's not threatening to fire anybody. He's he's just saying that people should stand uh, for this. Roger Dell, NFL commissioner Roger Goodell, commissioner. Um, he wants every one, every player to stand for the national anthem. And from my understanding, the reason why he's saying that, because he wants to cut down on the drama. Okay. He wants to cut down on the drama. So that's, we'll see if that happens. You know, we'll see if it happens. And uh, once again, I want to say something about the deadly fires in California. And if my, any of my listeners in California Hey, we're for you. We're right there with you, man. We are right there with you. If you need motivation, if you need uh, um, uh, 
a kick in the pants to get going after you've uh, lost everything to try to rebuild. Uh, everything's all good. It's all positive. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, crying a few tears at what you lost uh, after you've gained so much over the years and you just lost it in a fire. There's nothing wrong with that, but you can't stay down forever. You can't moan and groan forever. You have to get back up on your feet because you're going to need your strength to rebuild. And we're all here to help out, to help, to help you rebuild, just like we were, we were here for those in Texas, in the Texas floods. We were here for those in the Caribbean and Virgin Islands uh, when these terrible, horrible hurricanes came through and devastated everything. We were here for those in Florida, the uh, Florida Keys, and we're going to be here for everybody else who uh, suffers some sort of natural disaster and they lose everything. Because for, for those of us who are living in the comfortability of our own homes, apartments, condos, uh, houses, uh, this could have been e any one of us. It, it could have been any one of us. And to be homeless, to lose everything, I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. And the George Wilder Jr. Show is all about making the world a better place. Uh, one show at a time, no matter how no matter how ridiculous that sounds sometimes because it seems like everything is just falling the falling the damn apart falling apart and uh we're going to we're, we're going to be here and to um get everybody going and to try to put a positive spin on everything and that's hard to do i mean that's some people might say that's crazy but um we're going to try and do that because this is the George Wilder Jr. show, and this is what this show is all about, helping to make the world a better place, even though it seems, though, even though it seems as if it's gone to hell in a handbasket. Yes, sir. 
I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. The President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States have planned and executed a cheap, cynical political stunt which disrespected, exploited, and desecrated the flag of this country. It was a stunt so degrading to what this nation means and who Americans are that the President and the Vice President should resign in shame. The Vice President, Mr. Pence, acted as if he was offended at San Francisco 49ers football players who knelt during the national anthem, left their game, and then tweeted in high and condescending dudgeon about why he left and how he would not dignify the event, and it was all part of a sleazy political stunt. The president, this baboon Trump, then not only took credit for Pence's supposedly spontaneous political tactic, but made Pence out as a liar by boasting that he had asked Pence to leave the stadium and thereby confirmed that both the action and Pence's tweet were all part of a sleazy political stunt. And an unidentified aide to Pence then revealed that for once, Trump, who claims credit for the actions of others or the outcomes of life so often that you could predict its likelihood as part of a weather report, was in this case not lying. The pool reporter accompanying Pence to the Indianapolis stadium was told to stay in the press van because, to quote a CNN reporter, that the vice president would leave the game early. The unidentified aide might as well have handed out a press release that said Pence and this water buffalo Trump had scheduled <laughs> down to the minute all the parts of a sleazy political Slow down, stunt. Keith. <laughs> this issue of athletes kneeling or locking arms or raising fists during our national anthem is no longer merely about their correct protest of those police who have lost their way in dealing with the minorities of this country. This issue of athletes protesting is now a smaller part of a very big, very hypocritical, very dangerous plan being undertaken by this jackass Trump, this falsely pious Pence, and their toadies and apologists and jackboots who support them and would turn this democracy into an authoritarian and homogenous state in which they and Pence and Trump begin to be equated with and to symbolize the police where protesting the police will get you publicly vilified. They would turn this healthily argumentative republic into an authoritarian and homogenous state in which they and Pence and Trump begin to be equated with the national anthem, where failing to stay at attention during the anthem will get you fired from your job. And they would turn this spectacularly diverse and rich bastion of freedom into an authoritarian and homogenous state in which they and Pence and Trump begin to be equated with the flag, and failing to salute the flag will get you beaten in the streets by the kinds of scum who marched again in Virginia Saturday night, the kinds of scum about which Vice President Pence said nothing. This farce was a divisive, craven, cynical desecration of our flag for purely political purposes by people who claimed they were protesting a divisive, craven, cynical desecration of our flag for purely political purposes. The national anthem is a song. It's a song, the music to which was stolen from something the English once sang in their pubs while they got drunk. If it represents anything about America, it represents our right to sing along or to stay silent. But it is a song. It is not America. The flag is a flag. It is a piece of cloth. And many of the flags these frauds, Pence and Trump, want you to stare at as if they dispensed eternal life were manufactured in other countries 
If the flag represents anything about America, it represents our right to protest it when those wrapping themselves in it are doing wrong. It is just a flag. It is not America. And most important of all, protest is protest. You are not loyal or patriotic because you stand during an old British drinking song, nor because you salute a flag that might have been made in China. You are loyal or patriotic because you try to make this nation better and to take action on its behalf and to not say love it or leave it, but rather to say love it and improve it. This nation is built on protest. And that is so fundamentally true, so important. And what Pence and Trump did was so cynical and so un-American that their stunt was denounced by the Indiana branch of the American Legion. Since this dictator in training Trump began to urinate on our flag and our Constitution, now using the vice president as the proverbial organ grinder used to use the proverbial monkey, opposition to National Football League players protesting has become support by 51% to 42%. Opposition to how Trump has threatened retaliation is more than two-thirds. But it is not for the majority of this country that these amoral curs, Trump and Pence, pulled their fetid little stunt on Sunday. The message behind the anti-player crowd is, the football players are disrespecting the flag. The football players are mostly African-American. The African-Americans are disrespecting the flag. It is divisive, it is racist, it is cynical, it is everything this country has fought for 241 years yeah. to not become. And it stops here, because the people disrespecting the flag are not the athletes who see a profound and painful and life and death problem and seek by symbolism to stop it and fix it and heal it. The people disrespecting our flag are Donald Trump and Mike Pence and their clan of white supremacists who see their chance to whip up unthinking, blind-saluting white robots into believing the flag is theirs and theirs alone. And this kind of race-baiting, Donald Trump's kind of race-baiting, will not be permitted in our country. We have been through this, and we will not let a hateful, cynical, stupid demagogue like Donald Trump drag us back into that cave of prejudice. The flag will stay. The anthem will stay. The right to protest them both, the player's right, my right, your right, will stay. Donald Trump and this little clown Mike Pence, they will go. Resist. Remove. Peace. I, I understand you, Keith. I, I understand your passion, man. There's no doubt about it. Keith Olbermann, the great Keith Olbermann, this guy does not like Donald Trump. Uh, join the club, Keith. Uh <laughs> Thank you for that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he hits it dead on the dead on the nail, and um, that's why I, I I just admire the guy. I mean, I, I especially his commentary. I mean, I think he's spot on. I really think he's spot on. I mean, this thing that Trump uh, and Pence conjured up on Sunday was ridiculous. This was ridiculous. Trump. I mean. Uh, uh, Pence was at the, at a football game and he decided to leave uh, when the uh, players took a knee and uh, he thought he was doing something and he wasn't doing a goddamn thing and Trump <laughs> Trump said oh Pence I told Pence to do that suddenly someone in Pence's entourage said no Trump didn't uh, tell Pence to get up and leave when they took a knee I mean this was this was all planned. This was all 
And I agree with Keith. I think they should resign. I think both of them, this was a political stunt. This was a racist stunt. As Keith was saying, the majority of the guys on the field are African-American. And this is what Pence and Trump, they're going after. If there's anybody who disrespects the flag, it's Donald Trump. If there's anybody who disrespects, I mean, go back and research, folks. You'll see Donald Trump there standing with uh, other presidents, uh, and they have their hand on their heart. Donald Trump does not have his hand on his heart. He, Donald Trump dis- was disrespecting the flag be- way before the players were. Donald Trump is an egotistical, egotistical, lying, buffoon-ass man. And his hypocrisy is just out of this world. You know, and they both should be fired, thrown out on their asses. They should, they should resign because they're the ones who are trying to become uh, dictators. Uh, Hitler. Both of these assholes are public servants. They can't see that. They don't want that. For protesting rallies. Uh, This is all a part of the First Amendment to the Constitution. It's in the Constitution, and the Constitution is the law of the land. Nobody spits on the Constitution as much as Donald Trump and Mike Pence. But if they see someone else protesting uh, the flag, here they come. And they're the biggest anti-American flag uh, uh, people there are. Donald Trump is so damn hypocritical. Mike Pence is just his bubbling little monkey, you know, and and that's all it is. And it's just wrong the way these people and Donald Trump is 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 uh, uh, he's already attacking another senator, Bob Corker. Um, he's attacking his Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. I mean, he's attacking these people. He's a Donald Trump is attacking people that he's going to need. As I said yesterday, he's attacking people that he's going to need to get things through Congress. Why are you making enemies of people who you're going to need to get your agenda through Congress? Trump is dumb. He is dumb. There is no doubt about it, and he always going to be dumb. And we are all, and so many of us are just so amazed that Congress let Donald Trump get away with this mess. They have the power of impeachment. 85 to 90 percent of the people want Donald Trump out of the White House. The Republicans aren't listening. Instead, you got you have uh, Paul Ryan saying that Donald Trump has a has a nice heart. Donald Trump has no heart, and Donald Trump is going to be the cause of Paul Ryan losing his job in 2018 because people are going to flood the ballot boxes, and we're going to wipe. Uh, we may not be able to get rid of Trump, but we're going to get rid of uh, of the Republicans in Congress. And we're going to put Democrats in. And the Democrats are going to impeach him, throw his ass out. 
and then we're going to have Mike Pence. I mean, they should both, uh, Donald Trump and Mike Pence should be thrown and kicked out of the White House on the same damn day. These are thugs, they're racist, they're white supremacists. There is no doubt about that, and that's the truth. They should be kicked out on their asses as soon as the Democrats take over the uh, House of Representatives and the Senate. And there's no doubt about it. I mean, next year, uh, 2018, November next year, these guys leading up to that uh, uh, month next next year, these guys are going to be trying to to um, uh, suppress the vote. They're going to try and stop you and me from voting because they know we're pissed off and they know that we want them out. They know we're going to get them out. So they're going to try every single – Trump's got some sort of commission out here right now checking for voter fraud. It's, that's the – that's a piece of crap. What he's doing is trying to find ways to stop you and I from voting. He's doing it right now. So do not rest on your morals because Donald Trump likes to distract you. He wants to distract you uh, from thinking about this for, to get you to think about that. While you're thinking about that, they're over here trying to suppress your vote. This is what these people do. Donald Trump will get you to talking about something else. And while you, while you and I are focused on what that something else is, behind the scenes, they're uh, doing some dastardly things, like trying to, finding ways to suppress the vote. Remember, whenever Donald Trump distracts, they're doing something in the background. That's not right. Because if we knew what they were doing, we'd be out there protesting them. We'd be in their asses. They won't get it done. So they used Donald Trump to distract the American people away from uh, uh, legislation or, or something like that, something that we don't like. Uh, and they pushed us through <laughs> with us not even knowing anything about it because we're too much focused on what Trump has said over here when we should have been watching Congress, but we're focusing on what Trump said, and uh, that's going to uh, be what we're going to be uh, saddled with once, uh, as we move closer and closer to 2018. They're going to be trying to suppress the vote because they know we're mad at hell, and we want Trump out of there, and we want this aiding and abetting Congress out, out of White House, too, because they're just as guilty as Donald Trump. I mean, they just because they're letting this guy flourish and they know he's unfit for office. I'm with Donald. I'm, I'm with Keith Overman and a lot of other reporters and commentators because they don't like Donald Trump. They don't like him. I don't like him. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is me. This is the George Wilder Jr. show. If you have a problem, I always turn it off. You don't have to listen. But I do not like Donald Trump. And you probably know that by now. <laughs> I don't know how many people do. If you do, then that's that's your prerogative. That's what you do. But uh, I'm going to be trying to work hard with, with along with other people around the, uh, America and around the, around the world to get Donald Trump out of there. Donald Trump was never supposed to be elected. He got elected because Russia meddled in U.S. elections. He cheated. He lied. He conned his way. And Russia helped him. If anything is fake, Donald Trump is fake. He's the fake. And and uh, even some of his staunchest reporters have, uh, supporters have turned on him. 
Donald Trump is the fake. He's the uh, uh, buffoon. I mean, as I've said yesterday on the show and a few shows back, there is nothing this guy can do to surprise me. If Donald Trump went out somewhere and and like he said during his rallies, he could go out somewhere and shoot somebody and, and his supporters would still vote for him, I believe it. I, I'm quoting him. I believe it. I, I, I believe it. And that wouldn't even surprise me if that happened. It wouldn't surprise me. Nothing surprises me anymore. I mean, people, I mean, I got friends on Facebook all over the place, and they, they will say this and say that about Donald Trump. I don't even respond because it doesn't surprise me anymore. Nothing he does surprises me. If One of the things I want to hear is that Donald Trump has been impeached. He's out. He's resigned. This is what I want to hear. Okay? Uh, even if that should happen, it wouldn't surprise me because I know Donald Trump doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He wants us to think he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't. He's never going to say he doesn't know anything about what he's doing. He's learning. He he knows a little bit more about the presidency than he did three or four months ago. He knows a little bit more about it, but that doesn't. That, but that's not going to make him effective because Donald Trump is Donald Trump. He's going to say something stupid and dumb and ignorant, and then we're going to hear about it, and we're going to criticize it. The next day, he's going to double down on it. He's going to say something worse. And then what gets me is a lot of a lot of times the folks who go out and defend Donald Trump are some of the dumb, stupid, and salacious things that he says about about the country, about other people. They they immediately they bring up joke. He's joking, <laughs> as if we're stupid. Like this Sarah, what's her name? Sarah Sanders Huckabee or something. Um, I mean, reporters are asking her all the time in some of these um, uh, press briefings that that be that are held at the White House every morning, and they're asking ask her about some of the things, salacious things that Donald Trump has said, some controversial things, stupid things, dumb things. And she'll say, well, he was just joking. He was just joking. Donald Trump does not joke. Donald, whatever comes out of his stupid mouth is what comes out of his mouth. The only time that these people say Donald Trump is joking is when the people get in his ass for saying that. See, when the when the majority of the people get in his ass and he get criticized and he gets lambasted for saying something like that, then his people around him, well, let's go out and say that he was joking. And then tell us that he's joking like we're stupid because we didn't get the joke. Yeah, they act as if we're stupid because we didn't get the joke. You should know that Donald Trump was joking. He's the president of the United States. He doesn't have time to joke about serious matters. He shouldn't even be tweeting like a fool that he is. He was just joking. Donald Trump was not joking, and I think... The, the majority of uh, American people, of the American people, know this, and they're not going to buy this. 
So this woman up there, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, in the press briefing room at the White House every morning, she has to find a way to defend Donald Trump. She has to find a way, and she uh, she's still there. She still has a job. I guess he likes what she's doing, but she cannot and will not pull the wool over the American public eye. It's not going to happen, Sarah. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> thank you for listening to the show, folks. I think that you've uh, tuned in. I always try to take your... Uh, um, listening to the show, I try to take it seriously because I know you could be doing doing something else with your time. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder or, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. More to come, huh? <laughs> All right. Bye, George. <laughs> Making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. Commentator Anna Navarro and Matt Schlapp, chairman of the American Conservative. And we're back now with the roundtable, and I have a feeling you guys are going to have a little different comments than Tom Bossert had about that GIF. Let's let's look at it again. This happened just as we were ending our other roundtable. Okay, Anna, I gotta start with you. I'm a CNN commentator. I think. During an interview with Politico that was posted online this week, White House advisor, White House aide, whatever you wanna call her, White House spokesperson maybe, Kellyanne Conway, took a shot at her critics once again. She told Politico that her critics were, quote, unhappy people with poison 
keyboards. I guess what she's trying to say is that they're a bunch of internet trolls going out there just saying mean old things to Kellyanne who really isn't doing anything wrong. She doesn't understand why people are being so mean and horrible to her these days. Now, according to this interview that she gave with Politico, she had explained to her children that, yeah, look, mommy's going to be doing this thing. People are going to come at her. It's going to be you know, pretty ugly sometimes, but just deal with it. To be honest, that is a very good thing to tell your children. Yeah, when you're in the public spotlight, there's going to be the naysayers. But if she took the time to explain that to her children, maybe she should have taken the time to explain to her children that, hey, listen, mommy's going to have to go on TV and lie through her teeth to the American public about things that never happened. She is the one who came up with the term alternative facts. She is the one who invented the Bowling Green massacre that never happened. So I understand nobody likes to get criticized. But Kellyanne, you're inviting this on yourself. The people who criticize you, who call you out, are not unhappy people. I can tell you firsthand, I'm a very happy person. I love my life right now. But I will continue to criticize you anytime you feel the need to go on television and lie to the American public on behalf of Donald Trump. Anytime you make up a fake terrorist attack, we're going to be there, as will everybody else online. And it's not because we just dislike you. It's because we don't want you to continue to dumb down the United States. This is our civic duty to hold you and everyone else in your White House accountable. So you may think it's fine to go out there and give these interviews and attack the people who you claim are attacking you. But the truth is, all we're doing is trying to hold you accountable and to be honest, try to undo some of the damage that you're inflicting on the public today. There are Republicans out there in the United States today who honest to God believe that the Bowling Green Massacre was a thing, that it happened, that it was carried out by Iraqi immigrants, and that U.S. citizens died as a result of it. And that's all on you, Kellyanne. You're poisoning the public discourse. It's not the, the people who dislike you. They don't have the problems. You do. And you need to learn, and you need to take the time to teach your children that when you screw up, you do get held accountable. When you lie to hundreds of millions of people, they're going to come after you. And the only way you can make it right is to go out and apologize and try to do the right thing from that point forward. That's what you need to learn. But honestly, I don't think you ever will. You're very happy being a, a, a stooge for Donald Trump. You have no problem going out in the media and just literally making things up. It must be nice to live in a world where you don't have to bother with things like research. You can just immediately go out there, say whatever you want. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. You don't care. You just move on to the next interview. While the rest of us have to pick up the pieces and undo the damage that you cause every time you put your face in front of a camera. If you like this video, make sure you like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. It is the unexpected remark pitting the president against the most powerful sports league in the country. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! Oh, and its athletes are blasting President Trump Holy for saying players who kneel during the national anthem should be fired.
and that fans should walk out in protest of those players. Here's just some of the reaction now from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Divisive comments like these demonstrate an unfortunate lack of respect for the NFL, our great game, and all of these players, and a failure to understand the overwhelming force for good our clubs and players represent in our communities. And then there's this from Buffalo Bills star LaShawn McCoy. It's really sad, man. Our president is a expletive. From Max Garcia of the Broncos, what an emphatic response. Where was this passion in response to Charlottesville? Now, athletes from other sports are also weighing in, including Chris Paul, the president of the NBA Players Union, said this. I doubt he's man enough to call any of those players a son of a bleep to their face. Now, in the last hour, the president doubled down on Twitter. He says if a player wants the privilege of making millions of dollars in the NFL or other leagues, he or she should not be allowed to disrespect our great American flag or country and should stand for the national anthem. If not, you're fired. Find something else to do. Joining me now to discuss CNN political commentator and former chairman of the Missouri Republican Party, Ed Martin, A. Scott Bolden, the former chairman of the Washington, D.C. Democratic Party and current chairman of the National Bar Association Political Action Committee, former ESPN senior editor Keith Reed and CNN senior media correspondent and host of Reliable Sources, Brian Stelter. So, Ed, I want to start with you. Where did yeah. these comments even come from, given the president was there, he was campaigning for Luther Strange, we have North <laughs> Korea, we have health care. Why is he picking this fight? Well, I think there's two answers to that. The first one is, I, and I really am I'm thrilled and I'm grateful again to the president for saying what most Americans feel. I mean, you know, it's really an insult to Americans if uh, guys are kneeling about the flag. There may be people that they object to that they should protest. Maybe they're unhappy about work conditions or something. But we the people, people that die for the country and defend the country, we respect the flag. So I think the president's channeling a lot of what we feel. But the second thing is it's politics. In Alabama, do you think Bear Bryant or Nick Saban would ever let their players kneel during the national anthem or disrespect the flag? Never. So, you know, he's trying to win a race for Luther Strange, and uh, I think he did a great job. The country is talking about respecting the flag instead of employees of a team or a business disrespecting the nation. I think that's pretty neat. I think it's exciting. But why wasn't the president as direct when he was talking about the white supremacists in Charlottesville? Well, I think he's been direct over and over since then. I mean, I'll do it for him. We denounce white supremacists. We denounce Nazis. Like Nancy Pelosi, I denounce Antifa and their violence, that that violence is unacceptable. And that's great. Let's do it over and over again. But here's the thing. If you want to kneel down, if you want to make a million dollars a year to play cornerback or wherever John Mashon, who's not a star, the guy at Buffalo, plays, he can make his millions doing something else. He can go pick up a... You know, pick he up something. And, wait a minute, Anna. Peeps. Wait he, a minute, he Anna. He called these guys sons of peeps. He called the the people who were there at that neo-Nazi rally fine people. There's a big no, difference no, there. There's a big difference. Hey, Anna. Around. Yeah, Anna, can I jump in here? Go ahead. It's, it's amazing to me that uh, the GOP and folks like my colleague here believe there's some connection to how much money these players make because they're talented, and somehow that's a relationship between them, their political no, no, opinions, not. their First Amendment right, and their ability and their right to protest no, the way that? they want to protest. They may no, be kneeling. You think it's disrespecting the flag. I say it's exercising their First Amendment right. 
I may not do it, but they could do something else to protest. And until America takes care of communities of color, of which many of these players come through, then you have no right or audacity to tell them how they're going to protest. Those same people that fought for this country, these same people who fought for this country, fought for them to have the right to exercise their First Amendment. And it's shameful that you would argue they must go work somewhere else. That's nonsense. Anna, he's not being factually correct. He's he's deceiving people. Here's no, the I'm not. No, you're deceiving people because you 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 don't want to recognize the First Amendment yeah. rights we'll of these players. We'll let word in, and, and then Scott will come back. Go ahead, Ed. Well, listen. If you work on a construction sh- site in New York City and you kneel down, do you want to protest against the flag or something? You'll be fired. You could be fired, whether you make a dollar an hour, twenty dollars an hour, or a million dollars for games. The point is, a private employer has the right to say how you can act. That's what the president said. And look, the people that kneel down against the flag, there's people that die for the flag. And by the and way, they many died for that right for them to kneel down. Oh, and as a private employer, the president Anna. has no business telling a private. Ahead, employer ahead, what, what to Ed do Holder or Bob. not to do. You hear me? Okay. Uh, he, these are private employers. You or the president have no right to tell these individuals how to feel and how to protest and how to respond to their own personal conditions and beliefs. Because they're athletes, they don't lose the right to have a political position or to protest. That's their God-given right. And you can't dictate to them. Yes, you are. You want them fired. The president wants them fired. You can't fire them for exercising their First Amendment right. Now, if they violate some part of their contract, sure. But think about it. That's a constitutional right of theirs, and for you to criticize them or the president to talk about their mothers of all, all people.